0: name's Aaron, and he had a master plan. He had a friend, his name's Merlin, and that's where it all began. Complete. Welcome to another completely amazing episode of The Complete Story. I'm Chuck Krivanek. And I'm Miles Jensen. And today we have the great pleasure of speaking with one of our finest employees, Mr. Brad Slack. How you doing, Brad?
1: I'm doing great. It's exciting to be here with you guys today. This sounds like it's going to be a fun time.
0: It is. It always is, right?
1: It always is. I love it.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Brad, uh, why don't you start out by just telling us uh, how long you've been working at Complete Recovery <laughs> and some of the things you've done and and a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I've been with Complete Recovery. I just finished my sixth month here. Um, and so, um, you know, kind of a little bit about, I came to Complete Recovery, to be honest, and upfront with everybody. I just came here to kind of just escape reality, um, just come in, do a job, kind of relax, um, because for 30, close to 30 years, I'd been hitting it really hard. Um, and so my whole thing was come in, just do what I'm asked, kind of just enjoy, kind of wind down. The only problem is my wife says on the first day, your ego will not let you do that. I said, oh, yeah, it's going to. No, Brad, if it does, I guarantee it. If you're going to do some things. You're going to try to stand up. You're going to do something different that's going to catch eyes. And I said, no, I'm not going to let it happen this time. Okay, Brad, if that, if it happens, you're taking me out to dinner to Ruth's Chris. And so, you know, I came in, um, started off on the Amazon project. Um, was fortunate to have Candy, you know, work with me on that. Fortunately, that project went down. And so Chet pulls me in the office and basically you know, says, Brad, we need you on collections. Brad, we need you to do this because I see this, this, and this in you. Do you think you can try collections? Yeah, I'll definitely try the equipment. No big deal. Um, so I t- came in, um, listened to Raina. The main thing I learned off of Raina is I needed to be a person again. So she kind of t- softened my heart, said, you know what, Brad? Just focus on being a person. Um, the other thing that I did is when Chet talks to you before you go on the calls, I paid attention to every single thing that Chet had to say because there's some good wording on that. And then when I just got on the calls, because I do have an extensive sales background, it was no big deal for me to get on the phone and just say, you know what, hey, I'm just calling today um, just kind of to help you out, um, returning equipment. Um, kind of just, you know, and I, so I was able to engage customers. Um, I thought, you know, you know, at this point, I can kind of relax. I'm kind of enjoying equipment. It's no big deal. Um, my ego isn't showing yet quite. <laughs> um, but even though there were some points with way I was bringing out presentation that were catching eyes. And then um, Chet calls me in the office again. Guess what, Brad? We want you to try first-party payments. Um, How do you feel about doing payments? Well, it's just money. It's no big deal to ask for money. So I went through the training again. Um, the same thing. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm on the floor. What happens? My ego comes out. And when I say ego, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know what? I see a way of doing it. uh, People say I'm a pusher. Um, I want things to get done, but I'm very diplomatic in how I do it. And then next thing you know, Brad, we'd like um, you to help us out on the floor, helping um, other agents out. Maybe give them some pointers. Um, Brad, can you act as a lead? And... A lot of this was also facilitated because I was fortunate enough to start out on Chancey's team. And Chancey saw stuff in me. And he says, you know what, Brad, I see something in you. I'm going to help you out. He says, I'm a, there's going to be things along the way. I, if you listen to my suggestions, you will be able to do some great things at the company. So I listened to what Chancey said. I took every coaching that Chancey had and took it to heart. And then the next thing you know, I get an invitation um, out of the blue to go into Chuck's office um, not Uh-oh. thinking, okay oh
0: that's never a good thing no <laughs> I, I i thought i was
1: going to retire <laughs> called into the principal's office um and so chuck calls me in and, and so says you know brad um you know we appreciate it. and that meant a lot you know where chuck came out and said you know what brad we appreciate what you've done we have an opportunity here where we'd like to have you come in as part of our training team we have a need we'd like you to work as a lead with Raina." and you know we went in um and ever since then it's just been a great experience um you know, I've been able to bring out my abilities. And yeah, I ended up buying my wife dinner at with Chris. So I'm out a hundred bucks. There but you, you know, go. the whole thing is having that come out, has felt good because the thing is my wife and I are not rich. We're not millionaires. We're not billionaires, <clears throat> but we're at that point of our life where we're comfortable. My wife got a very nice promotion at her job, which allowed me to kind of step back for the first time in 25, 30 years and kind of enjoy life. So what's happened now is I see there's a need with people. And so when they come into this company and I'm training them and working with Raina, my main thing is let's get to know that person. Let's find out what talents and abilities they have. And then let's work with them on the little things. So if it's an equipment thing, let's make sure they hit what's required on the call. But let's work with them to make sure that they are going to get the commissions. What little things can they do to stand out to where that person is going to return that so where they can make that 50 cents? I even go so far as, okay, you know what? Calls are hanging up on us. What can we do to get your foot in the door so people aren't hanging up? So we work with different strategies of opening the call, Um, you know, ways to get them in the door. Um, It's the same with um, payments, Um, just the little things there to separate yourself. Um, I tell people every day, we're talking to people that take 10 calls a day. They're going to make a decision to take only, act on only one. The czar is going to be the one that they're going to act on. And to me, the greatest thing, um, and I've also been like Raina, I've kind of softened up. Uh, maybe it's my age. Um, I've been brought to tears where I've had classes where they've come up to me, thanked me personally. They've brought me gifts. I've got emails. I've got cards. I had one day where I had several people that came up. I had to go outside, call my wife, and I was in tears over it.
0: Wow, I've seen more crying in training lately. But yeah. I also say this is that I happy crying. Yeah. yeah, and I don't. I don't think it's just a co- mere coincidence that our retention. It started increasing dramatically around the time that uh, Brad and Raina started working yeah. together in training. Mm-hmm. And, well, and
1: I, I appreciate that.
2: Well, and just to comment on on your story here with complete recovery. I just it's it's impressed me and i just taken a couple notes here cause the, your authenticity has, has definitely come through. And I think, and I wanted to call out, they're not crying because of pain or because no. of they hate it. They're crying because of you're touching their lives and you're authentic and you're, you're, you're sharing who you are. Right. And that's what really impressed me as you were talking through. And I've, I've seen that journey that you've gone through, um, from Amazon to the changes that happened there and, and over to equipment, um, really you were being yourself, right? And you're, you're just, and with that, you were one open to change and willing to take on those new assignments. And, and that presented a lot of opportunities for you, Mm -hmm. but you were being yourself, right? And, and allowing your, your, your skills and abilities to shine. And, and we definitely have loved having you here. And, and um, I think, I think
1: it shows. And I appreciate that. You know, that's, you know, to me, when I get compliments like that, that's what it's all about. It's not about the paycheck. I don't, you know, I could come in and I'd be the happiest person in the world just helping people out. The paycheck's just a nice little bonus for me, you know. Yeah. But, you know, to kind of go in on it, um, you know, I've been fortunate. And I think part of it, too, is we're bringing in great people right now as well. Um, I've had very few situations where I've had to actually tell people, hey, just calm down, focus on it. Most people are coming in. And I don't know if it's, you know, what Rain and I are doing to capture them or if they're just ready to go and start making money. But the whole thing is, you know, we let them know right off the start, Rain and I, we're not going to let you fail. By the end of this week, you guys are going to be ready to go. And by the time you guys are out, we can guarantee you're going to be in the top 15 in stats, um, meaning you're going to make the money you want. You're going to be rock stars. Same point, you're going to be very high in quality. Um the reason I do this is I meet often with Chet, and I think Chet and I have a very good relationship with each other. I walk in every day. I think he and I are kind of the same mold. And I told him, like, the other day, my thing is you guys want to grow the business. Perfect. You know what? I want these companies that we're working with to say, hey, what's going on with the training here? We know that they use other vendors, so why can't we exceed maybe what these other vendors are doing on their training? Let's make them look bad, and let's make us look like, you know, the golden thing. That's my whole my thing on that. Seems, and
0: Seems like you got a little competitive streak there, huh, Brad? It, it does.
1: You know, <laughs> and so that's the thing. Um, I want us to stand out. I want love it to where Comcast is saying, my gosh, what's going on right over here? What are you guys putting in the water over in Taylorsville? <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's just in my thing. I also you know, see many opportunities. You know, I've seen things where the company's going in different directions. The company's growing. Um, and the company's going to be only good as what we train the people to be um you know so if i see someone being successful that makes me happy um it's kind of like i joked i said you know what when i was in on payments and equipment i was number on the floor not to boast or brag about it um i told people I said, you know what the happiest day would be for me is if i saw you exceeding me in payments i want someone to knock me off that perch and it was awesome because people came out and they came with fire and venom and it was great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um another person i'm gonna give a shout out to um it's kind of awesome Is I was looking at the papers saying, okay, when I started on equipment, who's the number one in equipment? Well, John Moss st- stood out. So I said to somebody, can you go introduce me to John Moss, the coolest dude in the building? And I said, John, um, I'm Brad. Um, good news is we're going to have a little bit of a competition. Um, I think I might be taking your place in number one equipment. He says, <laughs> good luck to you. You better bring your A game. <laughs> so I, I love John for that. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, you know, the whole thing is – I do have a lot of experience in life. Um, you know, kind of tell you a little bit about me. I've been married 30 years, um, kind of like to the same person, and she's the toughest person in the world I've ever met. Um, she stands all of four foot 11, um, but boy, I tell you, if you think I'm intense and I'm a pusher, she's very good at that. Um, we met at the University of Utah. Um, we're both University of Utah grads. Um, I kind of joke my training classes. You guys probably weren't born when her and I graduated. Her and I had the opportunity of walking down the graduation aisle together because of the same last names. We both graduated in the same field. And that was kind of the neat thing. She got recognized for the good grades. I got recognized just for graduating, you know. (laughs) So academics are not my forte. Um, But then after that, um, it's always been kind of going into um, business development. So right out of school, I went in and um, worked for uh, Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter. So for a period of time, I was in the brokerage program. And I tell you, that was competitive. That was like, oh, my gosh. um, Just to even qualify for the next step, you're just fighting. You're doing it. So you're finding little niches to get yourself in the door with people. Um, But I I just remember the day where they were separating those that were going to be asked to go out one door, those that are going to be asked to go through the other door. That was the most stressful day, but it was also the best day because all of a sudden I was thinking of new things to innovate myself. And, you know, luckily at that time I was asked to go through the good door, not the bad door. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after Morgan Stanley, I had an opportunity. um, Well, it was actually one of the people I managed their account, owned a software company here in Salt Lake. And he says, you know what, we're growing this business. We're going to be doing medical device software um, pharmaceutical software, FDA compliance. Are you pretty comfortable with compliance? And I did take a little bit of compliance courses in college. And he says, we're trying to grow the business. We want to get, besides the United States, we want to go international. How do you feel about coming in and doing business development with us?" And at that moment, I'm thinking, okay, do I want to take it? Um, it's a new challenge. But it probably was one of the best things I did because right off the bat, they brought me in and says, okay, Brad, we have confidence in you. That's the key thing. We would like you to try to get um, the American, American Red Cross to be part of us. You get the American Red Cross, we're going to give you a bonus. Well, I'll tell you, that American Red Cross was hard. Um, you think it's hard to deal with local governments, state governments. The American Red Cross is like a bureaucracy. Um, it took us 10 months, but we finally got them in. Unfortunately, we did not get the full system, but I still got the bonus because of my efforts on that. Um, And so you know, these things, I learned little things about, here's the importance of being myself. I've never in my life acted phony. I've always treated people with respect. I've also been honest and upfront saying these are the expectations. I'm a laid back person, but I can also be very bold when I need it as well to get the point across. But the main thing is always have the confidence, always have the respect for those that you are around. Um, The software company went bankrupt Um, You know, it started happening in 2008 when the economy went down. No big deal. Um, After that happened, I went back in. I never had done it, but I went into advertising. And I can tell you, advertising is not the funnest business. It's a hard business, but it's very rewarding. Um, And this was both media, it was both um, digital, and it was also print. So, you know, we know that print's the hardest thing in the world to sell right now but the company we found little niches in small communities so i had the benefit of traveling from anywhere from colorado to the small towns in the western u.s even up to like wasila alaska to work with the print ads on that we um kind of ran into roadblocks there and i came back to after meeting um after meeting up in Wasilla. wasn't the best results and i went to the management of the company says you know what we've got to refigure this out we're going out in 2021 in 2019 2016 and we're sounding like it's 1992 we're sounding like alec baldwin in Gary, glenn ross when we're talking to these people there's got to be a different way i said can we set up a time maybe to just sit down and brainstorm ideas well next thing you know brad we'd like you to come up with some ideas on this um and brad we'll give you about two months to come up with it Mm -hmm. okay so what are you do i still need to go out and work at it we want you to still work on these accounts So I remember the first thing they said, Brad, what is the biggest roadblock you're running into? Well, when you're doing sales, it's the gatekeepers. We need to figure a way to get around the gatekeeper. And I said, the key to it is we need to find out names of people that work in the company so that we can go to the place or our salespeople can call and say, I need to speak so and so. That way, we can get a little bit better um, acceptance and minutes. Plus, we know the departments. So um, I went and did some research. I then found out one thing that was kind of cool. Besides Zoom being a great meeting thing, you know, for people, there's what's called Zoom Info. And on Zoom Info, I can go ahead and pull information on corporations in the United States, around the world, pull people that work in those companies, their titles. And once we got that put in, that was the greatest feeling because I, we all of a sudden had names that we can put to it. They then said, Brad, um, you've been trained on this. Um, would you like to give our company a training? And I'm thinking, I've just only had a day or two on this. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, Brad, we just put out $10,000 for licenses. We need this to be successful. You need to train us on it. So I go to set up the training. And what happens? My mind goes blank. And so what I did is I facilitated. I said, oh, my gosh, you know what? I'm working from home. Oh, they're working out in the street. The internet's down. Um, the owner of the company says, what's going on? I said, the internet's down. He says, can you have a sp- up tomorrow i said i'm hoping so i said let's go ahead and do it so i can tell you that that whole night i spent working on that zoom information didn't get any sleep even practiced it the next day and you know what i was able to get that done um but boy i tell you my hands were shaking i was sweating because here's the owner what the heck's going on brad are you pulling a quick one on us but then after that it was more than okay you know what hey gatekeeper i have this name we got to him but it was our approach that was all wrong we were telling instead of selling Um, And so what we decided, let's figure this out. And so this is kind of what I brought to Complete Recovery. When we talk to people, we want them to sell themselves. The main thing is we want them to bring out the pain to us. You know what? So we kind of came up with a fun approach to it. It's like, you know, yes, um, hello, good afternoon. Uh, Yeah, this is Brad. Um, Do you know who I am? Okay, the person on the other end. Well, no, do I know who you am? Let me tell you a little bit with who I'm with okay, I'm just going to take, over oh, maybe 30 seconds of your time, um, tell you a little bit about the company, and we just gave two points, and then we'd ask, like, some pain points, and I can tell you, after we got the pain points, people would just go off and talk and talk and talk. Some cases, we would just, at the end of that point, to make sure that they were in, would ask maybe a negative question, like, okay, so, you know, you brought out this point. What does this mean? Um, you know, what does it mean going forward? Is this something, or Um, why is that important to you? But we had a better return on it. And what we found is with our agents, that they were happier going out in the field. Our clients, instead of thinking it was a burden, was thinking this is something entirely different that we've never even seen before in our lives um, when we've dealt with salesmen. And it was a great feeling um, on that. And things went really well up until COVID started hitting. And then that's when these smaller towns, these companies just said, and I just said, you know what, I'm burned out. Um, I've got to make a decision. My wife then, um, who works for a collection agency herself, she's got a great position with them, says, "Uh, Brad, i got a promotion. I said, well, Julie, I kind of just want to tone down. I'm worn out. And I said, I remember this company. I've seen their name um, by my office because I was also out in the International Center, um, probably just two or three blocks north of you guys when you guys were out there. And she basically said, okay, I want you to look at this company here. Do you think it's something good? Do you think you just go in and be happy? um and i'm thinking well why'd you say happy she says brad you've been stressed for 25 years you need to just kind of relax and i said i'll just go in and enjoy myself and you know i'll say this it's probably been the best decision i've made in 25 to 30 years of being professional it's just the people here um just a great opportunity
2: that's good to hear that's awesome
0: so, Brad, when, let's change the subject from work for a while. Oh, okay. What do you What do you do when you're not at work?
1: So when I'm not at work, before I had my leg injuries, I used to be hardcore into hoop. There would not be, you know, I'd play intramural ball. I'd play in rec leagues. You name it, I'd play hoop very active. I used to be hardcore into skiing. Um, I used to be hardcore into rock climbing. Um, nowadays, because of the leg injuries, those things are done. I still go on hikes, but they're more mellow. Um we like to go off-roading. We have um, four-by-fours, oh, so nice. we, go, we like to go jeeping. Um, the most important thing, though, I like to do um, is just kind of hang out with my, my son. Um, he's still at home. I have a 14-year-old son, um, and so he and I right now, we're kind of just having a great time together. He can drive me insane. <laughs> and then I have a 21-year-old daughter who just um, recently moved out, and so life's changed a little bit. The thing is, too, I kind of like to just spend maybe even going out to dinner with my wife maybe once or twice a week. Things are kind of just mellowing out. I do miss the hardcore extreme stuff. And yes, you know, I do like to listen to music um, a lot. So So
0: how did you, when did you realize that music, have you always been a big, huge music fan? So
1: mind you, um, I'm only 54 years of age. I was born, and so, you know, no, I was not a teenager when a lot of this stuff was coming out. I was relatively young. But I think it's based on when you're growing up. My neighborhood had a bunch of guys that, that were 16, 17. You know, they were the cool ones. Driving the Chevelles, the Novas, the Camaros. You know, they're blasting Boston. Not thinking, you know, I want to get into this. And so I think it was like when I was in fourth grade, my parents said, Brad, what do you want for Christmas? I want a stereo. Okay, cool. What do you want? I gave them a listing of all these eight tracks that I wanted. And mom and dad did not fail. And ever since that point, it's just... They were cool about it. They, did, they were not the negative type of parents saying, you know, this music's crap, you know, this music's this. They said, you know, don't let it, you know, overtake your life, but enjoy it. They even went so far, even like in school, you know what, if you guys, to me and my brother, if you can pull a 3.5, we'll pay for you to go to Black Sabbath and concert. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <I'm never gonna laughs> I can tell you our like grades that. went up. <laughs> but there was never a time when an album was wanted that, you know what, mom and dad would not come through. Even like my grandparents, um, they'd take us out t- to buy clothing and that for when we hit certain ages. Grandparents, do you want an 8-track tape? Do you want this? And so the grandparents would buy it. And so, yeah, it's just always kind of been there. And my brothers is the exact same way. Did you ever, have you ever been interested in
0: playing an instrument?
1: Um, I'm, I can tell you this. I would love to be able to jam on guitar. I'd love to be able to jam on bass. It's never going to happen. <laughs> um, Why is that? Well, I, I tried, I just tried um, and I just, am not, you know, it's, I don't know what it is. I play trumpet. Okay. And I did take piano for a few years. And so I do have those little bit basics. And I did play ukulele for a little bit too.
2: So what's your favorite band?
1: So if anybody comes to me, I would have to say right off the bat, it's Led Zeppelin. But then it's followed closely behind by Black Sabbath, Van Halen, and Rush. Ah, awesome. Rush
2: awesome well you mentioned eight track i imagine there's probably a few of our listeners that have no idea what that is okay suffice it to say it's the way that you listen to music back in the 80s
1: so this is starting i let's say probably 77 78 the thing that i remember too even going into the early 80s is plugging in a headphones this size into the stereo at night and just cranking what i want um, you know, listening. I remember, like, in, I think Chuck will remember it, Casey Kasem's Top Forty. Oh yeah, Saturday night. Yep. Um, that and
0: Doctor Demento. Doctor Demento on
1: Sunday <laughs> night. That was, that was the best stuff to get you ready for school the next day. Um, you know, those are the things. Um, kind of a funny situation um, with music. Um, so I was born in 1967. My brother was born in 1970. My sister was born in 1980. So here I am, a teenager. My brother's approaching teenage whatever i got he'd get my parents would put us in charge of watching the baby and i can tell you we used to make her ball because when mom and dad would leave it would be led zeppelin a whole lot of love just blasting throughout <laughs> the <laughs> and then we would have to call grandma to come and settle her down um but i tell my kids this one thing and i said you know you guys are cool um we love you guys but no matter what, based on the year I was born, the year your mom was born, we're always going to be a lot cooler than what you guys are. <laughs> Just based on the music, the car, the vibe, and all that type of so stuff.
2: So I got to know you. You um, played music for your sister when she was a little baby. Does she like that kind of music now?
1: She never really got into <laughs> it.
2: Um,
0: no, she runs screaming now, you know, and
1: it's it's kind of you know geeked um, but. She knows what my brother and I listen to. Um, you know, my parents know what we listen to. Um, you know, we were fortunate in that situation, um, you know, to have that stuff. And it's, it's a part of who I am because, you know, every day I'll walk to work, even like when I was rehabbing my legs. If it wasn't for the music, I probably would not be, I'd still be on crutches, two crutches. But it's just that something about the drive of music. And I listen to all types. Yeah. I'm hardcore into surf guitar. I love surf guitar. Um, and so some days, like when I'm walking in snow and that, I'll listen to surf guitar music, picture myself maybe back on the days when I was skiing um, or even back days when I could do fun stuff when we traveled to California. Um, I love, you know, metal. So some days, like this morning when I came into work, I was cranking Ronnie James Dio just to get myself motivated. Yeah. And so it's just whatever the mood is.
0: Music has that power. Yeah. yeah, I've got a story. You talked about eight tracks. Yes. I don't know if this is true or not. My brother-in-law always told me this. The guy who invented the 8-track also invented the Learjet. Oh, wow. And he purposely, so his goal was to build the Learjet, but he didn't want people to know what he was working on. They knew he was working on something. So he just created the 8-track... (laughs) <laughs> so they thought that's what he was working on.
1: That's interesting. You know, now, I got to look that cool. up
0: someday because my brother-in-law wasn't always the best source.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, eight tracks were great, but still, you can, nothing's better than that. The classic album, you know, without art vinyl. and everything. That's yeah. what brought the liner about. notes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I never was into CDs. I think the CDs kind of you know ruined it, but I kind of like where we're at now, where we can go yeah. and pull. Anything. So you
0: still have vinyl records?
1: I have vinyl so at home. Um, I have the Ros- Rolling Stones "Tattoo You." Um, I have Led Zeppelin 2, um, Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven, Van Halen Diver Down, basically the whole Van Halen catalog. I even have stuff like ELO. Um, <laughs> I have Deep Purple. I right. have you know so Black Sabbath. you name it, yeah. Rush.
0: And those are your original
1: albums from when you were a kid. Yeah, we have yeah. them. They're not perfect. They're not worth anything because, oh, you know, no, of course, I'm dumb. I scratched them as a kid, but.
2: Yeah.
0: No, I have some that I'm are used. about worn through, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so Chuck, is it that time?
1: Well, I don't know if I got a fast
2: five. We'll for come up Brad. with that real quick. All right, we're going to do right. our Chuck's fast five. Okay. All right. So I'll start off. Um, Beatles or the Who?
1: With me, it would be the Who.
0: Okay. Uh, let's see here. Aaron or Merlin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a hard question because you know what? I don't see Merlin that often. Aaron comes out, and he'll bring food. But at the same point, Aaron and I will taunt each other about our music knowledge as well. So, you know, they're both, they're, they're both cool. Good All answer. right. That's a good answer.
2: How about this? Beach or mountains?
1: I love the mountains.
2: Okay. Hot or cold?
1: Mr. Friesmeiser or Mr. Heatmeiser. Boy, um, gosh, that's a good question. I, I think when I was younger, it was the cold. But now, being older... Give me seventy-two degrees or above. <laughs> That's all right. I'm at too. And uh, east coast or west coast? I'm a west coast guy. All right. Definitely died in the wool. Awesome.
2: Well, Brad, um, thanks for spending the time with us. I think we've learned some things for sure about you. Um, hopefully, some people have heard um, uh, some of our our values here at Complete Recovery as well as you've heard from from Brad. Um, thanks for all that you do for us and and for our listeners. Uh, have a great uh, day. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's the complete
0: story and we're sticking to it. Don't forget to follow us wherever you find fine podcasts like ours like on Spotify
1: or Anchor or some other place.